Just a young gun with a quick view. They're really making movies about every superhero. Has there been a movie about you? There was a Green Lantern movie, but we don't, we don't talk about that. It's time they make one about me. I'm afraid it's no. I only make movies about real superheroes. <laughs> Why don't they take us seriously? Titans, you guys are never actually doing anything heroic. What about that time we discovered that sweet diner and they had that food? <laughs> that wasn't even a crime and you didn't save anything. We save room for design. Having a movie is the only way to be seen as a real hero. What about an arch nemesis? right there deadpool deadpool what why does everybody think i'm deadpool i thought deadpool was a good guy by the way he should be saying that he's not me okay because i came out like way before he did nah i'm pretty sure you're deadpool i am Slade. if we can make him our arch nemesis then they will see that we're worthy of a movie i'm not interested in fighting a bunch of sidekicks and a half a robot Oh, man, I'm never letting you fly my body again. The whole world will be under my control. <gasps> Destroy them. How big is your army? A hundred thousand. Halt for the mighty heavy. <laughs> watch me, watch me, watch me. Hello and welcome to another episode of K Have You Seen? I'm Kari. I'm Kyle. And this is K Have You Seen? <laughs> the uh, show with hot takes on cold viewings. You see, you nailed it. Stuck the landing. Yes. Uh, so today we are joined by another wonderful guest. Uh, say hello, wonderful guest. Hello, wonderful guest. So this is guest. Nate. Nate is bringing us one of his favorite movies that I am thrilled to watch because we can never have enough animated movies on this podcast. Yes, so. I know we're, we're both uh, big animated movie aficionados. Yes, and um, we're trying to convert Kyle slowly. I am, or torture him. I am openly open to animated movies, I would say. Like, I, I don't have anything against the animated movies. I think in general, I have a healthy skepticism that I'm going to enjoy movies that are made for children, unambiguously. <laughs> I feel like I'm here to bridge the gap. I feel like okay. I share yeah. some very like similar interests on both sides here. Well, yes, let's, let's... and I don't want to be thrown around the term healthy, by the way. Like, <laughs> nothing healthy or unhealthy sure, about sure. any of this. Um, but Nate, let's talk about that. Like, what uh, before we get into the movie you brought to the table today? What are the types of movies? Just kind of give our listeners a sense of like your tastes going into things. Like, what types of movies do you kind of gravitate toward? I feel like it, it, it kind of changes every year, but I mean, I think a big thing is I try to just see a bunch of different types of movies. I try to be, you know, pretty open to uh, what's going out there. I have one of those like AMC A-lists, so that kind of allows me to be like, hey, this looks pretty interesting. Let's go see that. I, I'm a big, you know, animated movie fan. Um, I feel like uh, a lot of those Disney movies, a lot of those like Marvel movies coming out, you know, but I also like some of your, your higher art movies. I, I, I go high and low with, with what I like. So when you say year over year, it changes. Like, is that like, this is the year of uh, the animated movie? This is the year or just kind just of I a, think it, it fluctuates generally? My tastes, you know, they grow. Like, I, I feel like I just get exposed to more movies every year. Things I thought like, oh man, like, 
Uh, like the Fast and Furious movies. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I think Fast and Furious 4 was around. I'm just like, oh, this is terrible. Like, they're just being ridiculous now. But now I think, you know, the Hobbs and Shaw movies coming out, <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, oh, I love this. I love how they've just embraced how it's like, these are just superhero movies. Yeah, I'm like, exactly. I love how ridiculous this is. Totally. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, so yeah, without further ado, our selection for today is Teen Titans Go to the Movies, an animated 2018 uh, superhero uh, romp of uh, unexpectedly entertaining proportions, I would say. Oh, absolutely. I believe, yes, that's uh, romp is the classified genre. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Kyle, yeah. you want to uh, summarize? Sure. So, essentially, the characters, uh, collectively known as the Teen Titans, who are sort of like the, uh, I don't know, they're not all sidekicks. I'm not familiar enough with, like, the DC canon to really, like, figure out exactly where they fit in, but they're, like, led by Batman sidekick Robin, mm-hmm. um, are uh, just bebopping along, minding their own business, and, you know, attempting to... Uh, take down supervillains, and Robin becomes obsessed with the idea of having a movie made about himself. Not the team, but of himself. Um, And uh, attempts to scheme his way into Hollywood making a Robin movie, because all the great superheroes have their own movies. And uh, that inevitably leads to trouble. And so the Teen Titans have to work together to figure out how to... Uh, basically defeat the evils of uh, not only supervillainy, but also show business. Yes. Oh, so real. I, yeah, you're saying the, like, the powers. I'm not totally, totally familiar with Teen Titans. It is, like, Teen Titans was a show, and actually Nate and I were talking a little bit about the history, which I do want to get into, but now it's it's kind of been rebooted from a grittier, older teen show to now on Cartoon Network a younger kids preteens show kids with quotations yeah it's definitely one of those like well, it's for kids yeah. but but um and and they definitely nod at that a couple times in the movie but it's it's an extenuate extenuation a continuation continuation extension sure. extension okay Ex- yeah um a continuation of the show that's currently airing on cartoon network right yes. still current so it's out of that universe. Um, and this is really one of the first experiences I've had. I've listened to a lot of, like, you know, other podcasts talking about the Marvel movies and stuff. And they'll be like, well, I don't really, I didn't see the middle one, so I don't really know who that is. But I was just like, oh, cool, like, she's here, wow. And this is my first experience of, like, okay, I don't really know what your powers are, but, like, I'm into it. So that was interesting, kind of hearing about that and now being like, all right, I'm going to have to kind of suss out some backstory here because I don't have that deep knowledge that you know, Marvel or DC kind of expects you to have sometimes. And I have a very deep DC <laughs> knowledge. I'm a very much like a comic book nerd. And I, you know, when they showed the challengers of the unknown a couple of times in the yeah. movie, I remember I was like probably the only person in the theater going like, oh my God. <laughs> because they in a movie. Because to be clear, when those characters show up, in the, in the diegesis of the film, they reference the fact that these are perhaps the most obscure characters in the DC universe. Yes. Yes. They're yes. literally unknown. It's in the name. That's, this movie seemed to be one of the most like aware and acknowledging of the comic book fans in general. I feel like Marvel and all that has really gotten away from, like, like you just need the movies now. You don't need to know the comics. We're not expecting you to really know anything about the comics. No. It's like extra layer to 
know any comics or even know some of the previous movies, but this one was like, there were moments where you're just like, oh, this is for the comic book fans. Yes. Like, they are talking directly to this group. So that was cool. Not me, but it was cool. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, one, one quick side note. Um, I just realized that I think this, I think this is the first movie that we have reviewed for this podcast that came out after we started doing this podcast. Oh. This movie nice. is younger than our podcast, I believe. <laughs> I don't have to fact check that, but yeah, maybe. Well, this came out last year and we started recording in 2017. Yeah, but no other movies. You I might don't be think, right. I, I don't think we've reviewed any other movies that have come out since we started, but I could be wrong about that, but regardless. Not clue, that's for sure. What was episode two? <laughs> Let's go that. through. Let's go through all 38 episodes plus specials. All right. Uh, and roll the clip. <laughs> <laughs> so... Teen Titans Go! The Show. Are you familiar with that? Do you know yes. that world? So I had watched the original Teen Titans when it was on. It was like 2003. It was when they were trying to, you know, they were doing the Justice League show in Cartoon Network. And so they kind of have Teen Titans as this sort of Western, Eastern influenced show. Very kind of serious. Very like we're going to have this overarching story. And um, as what happens with a lot of shows that a lot of like older kids like, they canceled it after three seasons before it could really end. And then later, like in 2013, they decided to like reboot the show, but this time it was gonna be done a little cheaper, done with a kind of flash animation. And they were gonna really like distill the characters into these very like, very tiny, like very comical so characters. Cute. And naturally, fans loved it. No, they, they hated it. And message boards were filling up. People were like, this is not the Teen Titans that I grew up with. This is terrible. And I was part of those people. I was just like, oh, this is like, this is awful. This is like, this uh, geared towards kids. It's just a bunch of like poop jokes. Um, and then like one day, like I, you know, I, I think I was probably it was like Thanksgiving break. My wife and I are just like watching, flipping through TV. And like, we don't normally have cable. And I'm just like, all right. Let's let's watch this. Let's see what's going on here. And it was an entire episode where Robin explains how the real estate market works. <laughs> and he goes into great detail about what happens when you're going into escrow. And I'm just like, oh, wow, this is actually like, seems to be a much smarter show than I gave it credit for. And we kept watching more episodes and they're making... Like in the movie, they're making deep cuts towards the comics. Mm -hmm. They're making deep cuts about life. They will break the fourth wall in sort of a Deadpool way. There was even an episode where they have a character that kind of is representing the fans and it's just like, you guys used to be cool, you used to be gritty, people loved it, and now you're just making fart jokes all the time. And they're like, well, let's try to reboot ourselves like that. And mm -hmm. they get like super muscular and they're like, we're always gonna be serious, we're super serious, kind of poking fun <laughs> at the fans going like, you think you know what you want, but sometimes, new, fresh things could be better. So I'm definitely a fan of the show coming into the movie. Gotcha. And was the movie, I feel like sometimes when you turn a TV show into a movie, you have to change a little bit who the characters are or what the, the fabric of the story is to make it work in a movie. Did you feel like that's true or was this, did this feel pretty? It's the, it's the show. It's like it could be, just be another episode of the show. Um, so, you know, it's Robin, he's the sidekick of Batman, and they kind of amplify his kind of insecurities in the show. Mm -hmm. um, you have Beast Boy, who is like a character from the 60s who's from another team called the Doom Patrol. Um, and, but then all the other characters were created 
for the like Teen Titans comics. So like Raven, Cyborg, and Starfire were kind of introduced as kind of like, let's get some of these fresh teen uh, characters into the, the mix. Oh, I thought Cyborg had been one of the OGs somewhere else too, oh, but no. it's all three of them. They're trying to make him like, I know in like the Justice League movie, they introduced oh, Cyborg. Right. Like it's, it's ma usually because DC has like a diversity problem uh. and they're always trying to get like Cyborg pushed into there just like, hey, Cyborg, he's part of the Justice League, right? <laughs> on, on that note, Beast Boy's uh, uh, speech patterns were very hard to like, like kind of figure out in some cases. Like uh, oh. some of the things that came out of his mouth, I was like, I, what are, I'm not sure what they're going for there, but whatever. Yeah, him and Starfire, that was something they didn't really usually have. They kind of had a little bit of in the original show, yeah. but they just amped it up. Yeah, in the okay, uh, okay. in the new show where Beast Boy's always talking and ending words with S's and yeah. uh, Starfire's always puts thes yeah. into her speech pattern. Didn't I thought it was interesting that um, the original cast it was the original cast from yes. that like grittier Teen Titan crossed over into the younger, which seems like it gives it some legitimacy, but that oh, could yeah. just be taken as selling out. But. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think that's kind of cool. It's like it, 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 it's an interesting idea to like kind of take the same cast in the different direction because it would seem like if I'm thinking like a, I guess a stereotypical TV producer, I might be like, no, we're starting from starting from scratch. We're doing yeah. this totally differently, but clearly not the, not what the the case was here. Um, yeah, so you know, having been a fan of the show when you were when you were watching the movie for the first time, and you said you saw this in the theater, right? Yes. Because I imagine it had a very short theatrical run, and you saw it in that window. Yes, I like like I said because I have that AMC A list, which mm -hmm. sounds like I'm doing a plug for it. Um, Sponsored by. Uh, yeah, so that what do they call it? Sponcon. 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 Um, but like my wife and I have it, and I'm just just like, hey, listen, it costs us nothing to go. Let's just go see Please. Teen Titans go to the movies. And I was extremely surprised, not by my reaction. <laughs> I I was laughing during. It was my wife's reaction. She was cracking up more than I was during mm -hmm. the movie. So, but it was not a packed theater. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of kids. A lot of adults. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. We haven't really talked that much about our, our own impressions of it, but I, I like this more than I thought I was going to. Admittedly, I, again, skeptical, but uh, Nate, we've talked about movies enough that I trust your taste, <laughs> or at least like you're good at explaining things that I'm not familiar with in a way that I can kind of tell whether I'm going to like them or not. And in this case, I was like, all right, seems like a weird choice, but okay. And yeah, I walked away from it definitely thinking like that was that was rock solid entertainment for sure. Yeah, I, I I feel pretty much the same. I like love kids' movies. I love animation, um, but this isn't one I would never have tried to saw to seek out. I like we talked a little bit. I worked at Cartoon Network for a brief period and would always see this on our like TVs in the office. Just they would kind of always be showing what was you know on, what the programming was. Cartoon Network was always on one of the TVs in the office, but. So it would be on, but no audio, and I was kind of like, uh, I'm not sure. I, I do not, I'm not a big fan of that, like, very dark, morose kind of superhero-ness, so I think that original show really didn't appeal to me. It always felt to me like the, um, you know, like, you'd read the comics in the newspaper, and there was always those ones that were, like, more adult and, like, mm -hmm. gritty, the... 
the like design John style was Dickinson little... P.I. Yeah. It's just three <laughs> panels of like, I found her and she was dead and a woman <laughs> yeah. crying while she wears her pearls. Exactly that. I always, that's kind of the same feeling. I was like, oh, something about this just like inherently bores me. But I, yeah, so, and even seeing the revamp, I was like, okay, now it's too young for me. Like both of these have just missed my window. But I did really enjoy the show. I think it's, it was hilarious how self-aware it is, and I am very into superhero spoofs right now. I have watched mm. enough superhero content. I'll probably keep watching it, but still, I am sated. Um, so things that like take off on that genre and kind of take it apart, I'm really appreciating right now. This is the right moment for me. So I, I really liked it, and it was funny, and the songs are impossible to get out of your head <laughs> yes. and the animation style is so interesting we'll get into all of that but totally. there was a lot to just like enjoy yeah. i figured it, we you know end game has been out for a little while mm -hmm. and it's kind of signifies the end to this era of just 11 years of big epic marvel movies and i felt like this was going to kind of be a good antidote to you don't have to have seen anything yeah. you just can kind of mm -hmm. come in and it kind of pokes enough fun at superhero movies that I feel like people can appreciate it. Well, yeah. and I didn't want to like fully insert my like discussion topic this early, but like since we're here, um, what one of the things that I kind of wanted to talk about was like, is the silly superhero movie the natural evolution and the future of superhero movies at this point? Because like, are we so saturated, Kari? I know that you and I have discussed how like we are so saturated with superhero movies, and Marvel in particular is the biggest offender, but DC is really trying hard to get close that gap. But like the serious oh, and even like sem well, they're trying. They're they're doing their Try best. Try harder. I know, but um, but yeah, like the serious and even like semi-serious superhero movies are like, it's like yeah, it almost feels like not just in serious in tone, but like you need to be serious about being almost a completist to like fully grasp. Because by you get by the time you get to Endgame, it's like I've seen probably seventy five percent of the Marvel movies in the last fifteen years, mm -hmm. but. Even some things, I was kind of taking a guess as to like what was being referenced. Whereas we've now we've gotten even with Marvel, you know, doing Ragnarok and kind of dabbling in more humorous things like Ant Man Guardians and of Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, and then uh, the animated Spider Man into the Spider Verse, yeah. um, which was less not necessarily silly, silly, but like kind of like less intense, I guess. Um, and then this movie. Um, I guess my real question is like, does this seem like, does this seem like the silly and lighter toned superhero movies and Shazam for that for that matter that just recently came out? Yeah, that was a big hit. What is is this like the future of superhero movies? Does this seem like the viable evolution of the genre at this point? Well, I think even more than the Marvel movies that were like Ragnarok was just kind of a silly movie. All of Marvel's movies started to veer into that tone. Like if you look at Iron Man in the first movie versus mm -hmm. Iron Man in the last movies, like it's everything started to get that very tongue-in-cheek and yeah. sassy kind of tone. So I almost think that like with Endgame, that wave is going to break and we're going to move into something else. Because I wouldn't put this necessarily in that same... I guess I guess maybe. This is more silly, whereas those were that very tongue-in-cheek kind of... Mm -hmm. Not edgy in any kind of progressive way, but edgy in a like... I mean, they're, they're definitely... Kind of, I think, I think the big asshole. future is... I think what people forget about with the comic books is it's... It's fun. Yeah. Like, let's have fun here. We're a long way away from the 2000 X-Men mm -hmm. where it's we're all wearing black. <laughs> we would dare wear spandex. It's going to be very serious. We're going to try not to be too comic booky. 
to now it's like, hey, the reason why people will read comic books is because it's fun, because mm -hmm. there's like there's jokes as, as well fantasy, as action. Yeah. It's like, yeah, let's have some fun. Let's have some fantasy here as opposed to this very grim, dark thing. And Someone call DC and tell them. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, and correct me if I'm wrong, because, Nate, you know a lot more about comics than I do, but from my limited knowledge, in like the history of comic books, the dark and gritty style and tone was really only about like a 10 or 15 year trend, right? Like it was like yeah. something that kind of popped up in like the early mid 80s and then like ran through like the mid 90s more or less, right? Yeah, uh, you know, during the late 1980s, there were a lot of these British comic creators like Neil Gaiman, Grant Morrison and Alan Moore that were just like, well, kind of like uh, the, the movies we're talking about. Like, it's like, let's not have fun with this. Let's kind of explore what we can do with this and try to tell these grander stories. And then, like, you had Frank Miller's, uh, you know, from, like, 300 and uh, Sin City. He decided to take Batman, and he made the, the Dark Knight Returns. It's very dark, very grim. Like, a lot of that inspired Batman v Superman. Colon, Dawn of Justice, as we all say. <laughs> of course. Uh, it just was very like, the world has no hope. Let's get very dark about this. And uh, that, but that didn't last too too much. Like, it, it probably, yeah, like the mid-90s. Mm -hmm. And then we started having fun again. Yeah. So it's interesting that, like, now that's kind of, you know, the direction that a lot of the studios have seemed more interested in pursuing because I mean obviously like the Christopher Nolan Batman movies kind of like drew influence from like that period more so than like the you know it was kind of like the opposite pendulum swing from like Batman 66 for example um, which was very silly obviously um, and I, I think fits with this kind of Teen Titans tone more so mm -hmm. than uh, you'd think because yeah th sure. that Batman 66 show is another one where at first glance, you're just like, ah, oh, it's Batman being silly and yeah. cheesy. But then, like, you know, Conan O'Brien talks about how, like, oh, that's the funniest show ever written. Yeah. Well, it's it, high camp. It's very yeah, self-aware, you camp. know. Um, but anyway, yeah. And so I was kind of curious. Is like, if you know, I, I mean, I feel like I get a sense of like what you what you guys think. But like, you know, it seems like that is kind of the fr like the fresh territory almost for like the movies to explore because they've kind of dabbled in like the more safe world of like animation and like directed at kids stuff with this i mean lego batman was another one of the options that you brought up um which i have not seen to my shame uh, because it looks great i'm co-opting it for my list now it Excellent. will be coming okay. for this awesome. podcast awesome so um, good and a will arnett double feature amazing yeah. he's in the dc pocket yeah. yeah um but like it's unfortunately some of these animated ones have, like including lego batman may not have made quite the splash of say like the more mainstream like a pictures in the superhero genre but I mean, again, I mean, we've off mic. We've definitely discussed Ragnarok at length. I think that is like easily my, in my top five of like superhero movies in general, not mm -hmm. just the Marvel canon. Um, and I'm, I'm, I would really like to see like audi like audiences respond to those kind of like lighter toned superhero movies. Um, they're kind of a you know breath of fresh air when you're looking at the you know the more serious stuff. Even even Endgame, which I enjoyed very much, I was just like. Man, it's just exhausting to keep up with all this, like, yeah. ultra-intense action. Yeah. Oh, you didn't remember the kid from Iron Man 3 uh, at the end? Just I don't some remember weird things teenager. movie to movie. How dare you bring up something yeah. from, like... I don't think my eyes were oh. capable of covering that much of the screen in yeah. the amount of time that he had yeah. to register that there was another person there, but... 
But I mean, and we, we talk about how like, yeah, it, this movie was in theaters for a short period of time, but it was a massive success for DC because the movie cost $10 million yeah. and it made $50 million, yeah. which is not a lot in comparison to the now almost $2.7 billion yeah. that Endgame made, but it made five times its budget back, yeah. which it, I think is all DC cares about. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And it's, you would think that the studios would be all over like creating low budget superhero movies. Like animation is definitely the way to do that. And mm -hmm. it's just like, I feel like underutilized territory for like a genre that is perfect for animation. Absolutely. Yeah. I was thinking all the time, like several scenes made me think about how like, oh, there is something, you know, superhero movies, you're already seeing these things that like just can't happen in the real world. Animation adds a whole nother layer of like, like when Cyborg would become this like mini head version yeah. of himself with like little cord arms. Like you don't see that in a regular movie, even a superhero movie. So the animation just like unlocks a whole nother like third level of mm -hmm. things that are possible. So it's so fun. Well, the, uh, the opening logos, like, like the, uh, the Warner Brothers animation shingle at the beginning of this movie with like the Daffy Duck thing, yeah. I was like, that's perfect to establish like this movie is going to be as silly as it gets yep. and like and exactly Kari what you were saying like using animation to show those things like because even in a live action movie even though you can CGI animate pretty much anything for audiences to buy it it still has to kind of conform to real world physics in a way that like Teen Titans go to the movies does not have to yep. even think about. Mm -hmm. We saw that with the end of the Spider-Verse mm -hmm. like I'm a big Spider-Man fan and I think that was the best Spider-Man movie because you can have Spider-Man do weird contortions with his mm -hmm. body and swing around in ways that old Tobey Maguire just could never do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's and, and and that's another part of it too. Is like I think that you know with a lot of the it, with any superhero movie, I think part of the thing is that because I'm not particularly invested in like the comics or the, the characters for the most part. It's like if a if one of these movies can make me interested in a character that I'm otherwise totally indifferent to. I'm in, and I've noticed that the the funny ones, the ones that go for humor, are the most successful at that. Thor was my least favorite Avenger by far, oh, yeah. and then Ragnarok comes around, and I'm like, I like this guy, cool. Spider Verse, same thing. Not a huge Spider Man fan. I did like Homecoming, but Spider Verse was just really got me invested in mm -hmm. like in that character in that world. So yeah, it, like I said, I think it's really interesting. Like I wouldn't have cared about Teen Titans at all, except for this movie was just like really funny and it was really good at uh, kind of exploring at least the Robin character. And you know, even though it was extremely silly, really good at making it like relate not well, yeah, relatable, but also just like intriguing in a way. Mm -hmm. I thought. That is, it's a good point. I'm thinking now about like Marvel again. The characters that I really do not, I actively don't care about. <laughs> Are, I mean, some of them are introduced later, so there's a little bit of like, okay, no new friends, I've got enough <laughs> of you here. But also the ones that are more self-serious, like, endgame spoiler, ahead, but you saw it, right, Nate? Yeah. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> I, just uh, saw it, I saw it twice. The, <laughs> the Hawkeye-Natasha fight, I was kind of like, oh, like it's got to be Natasha, right? Like, come on, she doesn't have a family. Right, She's yeah. got to go. Yeah. I mean, I was sad about it, but it was also like, yeah, okay. And she was just a little bit, she was more serious. She didn't have a lot of, they mm -hmm. never really gave her the development to give her a kind of fully fleshed sense of humor even, right. so. Well, they could never give a, a woman uh, a full movie of her own. We just don't have senses of humor in general, so it's like hard to flesh one out. Like, we won't suspend our disbelief that far as an audience. 
Mild sidebar. Is the R-rated Black Widow movie still happening or what? Like, what's oh, yeah. going on with that? It's, oh, is it R-rated? I didn't yeah, that's what I, that's, that was the last thing I heard anyway. It's definitely happening. That's I think the next two movies they're coming out with are a Black Widow movie, which is going to be awesome, and then uh, an Eternals movie. We all, what? What's with the blank stares? We all know the Eternals, right? On, of course, Earth Eternals Heroes. Fans. I think it's, it's kind of what you're talking about. It's now Marvel can kind of explore these other weirder parts mm-hmm. of their, their back catalog. I think, you know, it's, you know, fan theories are just that theories, but they could definitely explore Black Widow, you know, in that five-year time jump. Or, you know, you could have, like, multiple timelines going on because I don't want to see her when she's just like a heartless killer going through or like you know her in that five-year gap necessarily but I think you know you could also see them trying to get her back Mm because like she's gone but no one no one ever dies in comic books she could easily they go like hey Red Skull here's the soul stone back can we have her soul Mm -hmm. back and then she just pops back like it's it's nothing yeah yeah Yeah. I mean that yeah, pretty much the way all Marvel movies work. Um, I yeah. did love that we use the same mechanism in Endgame as in Teen Titans Go, where it's like, let's just go back in time and undo all of it. Of course, like, just yes. do what they did, <laughs> right. but the opposite. And, and my... then they're like, actually, that didn't work. Undo that. Yeah. Go back. Like, oh, yeah. The most brutal scene of the entire movie oh. when they, when they essentially send... kill... Batman Aquaman series? as a Aquaman? baby. Oh yeah. Killing Aquaman as a baby by strangling him to death with a six-pack holder. Oh, I was thinking when they come back and kill Superman's parents and then also kill Batman's parents by shoving him they, in them in an alley. They effectively the committed cold-blooded criminals. murder and genocide in the space of about a 30-second montage. Yep. Did it, undid it, did it again. Which I think it, it had the best representation of Crime Alley. Yes. Where it was just Truly, yeah. a, a bunch of people a bunch shooting of actively. Yeah. Let's go there. It was like a bunch of like Happy those Lindy. neighborhood watch sign silhouettes yeah. just shooting randomly into the air. Yeah, and, fantastic. And, uh, rounding back to Avengers Endgame where they talked about how Back to the Future is essentially BS. That entire sequence was to was Back, to, back the to the Future. Yeah. Uh, what was the movie that Batman and his family were seeing? I forget, but I was oh, like, gosh. it was a movie like that came out when I was a kid, and I was like, oh great, this is an adult's backstory. Like this is what they think old people. This is this is an old person's childhood. I know it's traditionally uh, the mask or the mark of Zorro. Oh, the mask, oh, mask of Zorro. Of Zorro. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, um, that was exactly what it was. Yeah, I uh, I, I really. <laughs> I really appreciate them like, just like cool. shoving them straight down the alley. That was oh, pretty good. Oh, that was brutal. Um, how although, did they not remember? Plot hole, how did they not remember the Teen Titans from their uh, backstory? How are they not like, hey, wait a minute, that's the kids <laughs> that killed my parents. Yeah, I'm that's true. Saying. That's a good point. Are you, <laughs> really familiar. are you saying this movie doesn't hold up? <laughs> I'm saying. It's not airtight? That whole, that whole time travel sequence Dear was... Dear Reddit. The, the whole saying, time travel sequence was, was really excellent. Like, are you yeah, saying so where good. they go on their uh, little time power trikes. wheels, like tiny trikes? It isn't rad enough. Uh, One of the best lines I've ever heard in a movie. It isn't rad enough. So, so good. Um, and then like also the... the <laughs> I think of all the songs in the movie, my favorite music was actually like when they were uh, playing the crystals on Krypton to save the planet in the first place. Oh, 
Oh, yeah. That was excellent. <laughs> it was like the uh, Crazy Frog song or something. Yeah, they take like a three minute like break to just play this electro super well-produced electronics. It was, yeah. like, it was like a cover of Axel F from Beverly Hills yeah. Cop or something like that. <laughs> uh, there was some great, there were some great songs in this movie. This was, and they were all very meta and hilarious. Another really brutal scene that we almost talked about <laughs> yes. earlier. So there's this whole like synth anthem. It's supposed to be so inspirational. And then they run over the tiger that like oh, is yeah. playing the, the song. The 80s cartoon oh, tiger. Yeah, amazing. Heart. They go I into this. Like, <gasps> otherworldly epic Michael Bolton song and yeah. Michael Bolton, Bolton plays like some sort of like, you know, singing lion or something. Yeah, he's like a Lisa Frank like tiger or yeah. something. And they're exactly. going to Hollywood to stop the movie and then the, the lion's kind of there and you think it's like a music video where there's kind of there, but no, they hit him and then they have to run because of course, I think his dad's a cop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As Cyborg oh. says. That, I was like, ooh, they just barely got that one in there. I'm sure I'm sure there was someone on the studio side being like, oh, fuck, no, 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 I mean, no. it's like so much of the humor in this is like so relatively like innocent and tame, like minus a little bit of like literal like toilet humor and things yeah. like that, that like when they got brutal lots occasionally, lots of butts, lots of butts. Um, but like when they got, they got brutal in a couple of minutes, it was like so audacious. It was just, <laughs> it was hilarious. What? The the casting of like the uh, the villain as a uh, uh, studio as, exec as a studio yeah. as a, as a studio director and which is spoiler alert actually Slade slash Deathstroke Slade. in disguise. So in the two thousand three show, they first introduced Slade Wilson because the character in the comics name is Deathstroke. Right, and he's part of this really big Teen Titans arc called the Judas Contract which they kind of tried to do in that original cartoon, but like you can't call a character Deathstroke mm -hmm. in like 2003, so they just called him by his first name, Slade. Right. Slade. Which they, you know, De Deadpool was actually created as a parody of Deathstroke. <laughs> yeah. Because he, Deathstroke Slade Wilson, and then Deadpool is Wade Wilson, and they even make the Deadpool joke yes, of course, in yeah. the movie. Oh, it was so good. I came first, okay? <laughs> Yeah. Say something inappropriate to the camera. Oh my god, Deadpool. Yeah, that was I, I really enjoyed that. And the whole uh, the whole very late in the movie introduced very late in the movie, but the whole like uh uh world domination plot with the doomsday device and doomsday just being a badly thought out acronym was yeah. really funny. I thought for a that. streaming service. Yes. I was like, wow. <laughs> this is aware. Like that the superhero director was a woman. I was like, wow, mm -hmm. I didn't yeah. when she Bell. first came out, I was like Oh, okay, wow. Just kidding, it was a man the whole time. <laughs> How did we not know? It was just Will Arnett doing a really good Kristen Bale impression yeah. for the entire movie. Love her. Um, oh, yeah, and also speaking of, like, uh, the voice talent, like, um, definitely the thing that prompted me to start looking up, like, who was on the voice cast was, is that Nicolas Cage? I did yes. not place it. I was like, God, I know. And I was like replaying the voice in my mind, like trying to get him to say other words because I was like, I know this voice. And then I was like, oh, it's freaking Nick Which Cage. Which he finally became Superman. Yeah. <laughs> Something he's been wanting for a long time. Oh. You guys are goofsters. Because Nick Cage Goosters. is a huge, huge, huge comic book He named his son Kal-El. His name, Nick Cage, he's a Coppola. He's like Nicholas Coppola. Mm -hmm. And Whoa, he was a huge fan of Luke Cage. So he decided to go with oh. his last name being Cage. Excellent. 
I did wow. not know that was why you went with Cage. Uh, also, this it marks the second installment in our ongoing series, Cage Have You Seen, yes. um, for uh, all movies that feature Nicolas Cage in yeah. uh, any form or fashion whatsoever. Um, yeah, uh, and then uh, Lil Yachty. Lil Yachty is Green Lantern. Playing Green Lantern. <laughs> and when they talk what? about... Uh, I had no idea. And he did the song... The like T E T like the oh, hit their like uh-huh. main uh, intro song, yeah. uh-huh. and uh, that was also one of my favorite jokes when they talked about how Superman's just like, oh yes, yeah, so they have uh, have like seven movies, and Batman's like, yeah, I got a few too, and Wonder Woman's like, and I finally got one, and Lily Eye's like, yeah, I had one too. We don't talk we about, don't about that. <laughs> <one>. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. good. And that then, song. Oh, go ahead. Go uh, Wonder ahead. Woman. Uh, who played her? Oh, oh gosh. Oh man, this I because I remember this is being really bad, you guys. Yeah, cut this out. This cut is this not out. a good look. Not a good look. Because uh, uh, I remember being it's like a, so... she's like a a singer. Oh, Halsey. 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 I can never pronounce that right. Halsey. Yeah. You know, the, it's just like it's one of those things. Where it's like, ah, oh, okay, these are the cameos mm-hmm, that get mm-hmm. the kids excited. And I <laughs> Little think... Yachty. I think Halsey. Jimmy Kimmel played Batman. Yeah. yeah. Unrecognizable. Like he was the only one actually doing voice work other than Will Arnett. Like. <laughs> <laughs> They're the only ones seemingly speaking in something other than their normal normal voice. Another fun part when I believe it's just them talk like doing a, like a Martha little like conversation. Yeah. Oh my god, so good. But wait, what's your dad's name? <laughs> Mine's Thomas. Cal L. Cage plays young Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. No. I wouldn't have recognized that as Nicolas Cage's son, except nice. for you just said that. What do, okay. what do you call yourself when you're your millionaire father decides to call you Cal L. Do yeah. you go L? Do you just go Cal? Oh. Is that his, like, I just saw the photo, like, not too long ago that of, like, the caption was, like, Nicolas Cage has a beefy goth son, and I'm pretty sure that, like, Cal L. Cage is a beefy goth young man. That's the beefy goth son? I believe so. I figured I, he had <laughs> multiples, but, uh. Probably so, but I, I, I'm choosing to believe that Cal L. Cage is a beefy goth son. Um, <laughs> yeah, you had, like, Nerd icon Will Wheaton as Flash. Yep. Patton Oswald in there. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely heard Patton Oswald. He has the Adam. <laughs> definitely oh, had yeah. definitely had him yeah. for like three hours in the booth and that to record his like six lines of dialogue. Oddly That's enough, nice. they did not get uh, Shia LaBeouf to play himself to play Shia in the movie. Yeah. Uh, that was, oh yeah, it didn't even look like Shia You think that would have been right up his alley? Yeah, he would have done it for sure. Why didn't they ask? As the heir to the Nick Cage throne, it would have been perfect. Yes. <laughs> Uh, well, I, I think that was very interesting how, you know, you you got these more famous names playing the ancillary characters because the main voice crew, like, not a lot of, like, super famous faces. Mm-hmm. I know, like, Harry Payton, he's on uh, Walking Dead as King Ezekiel. Uh, but other than that, it's just a lot of, like, um, old school, like, voice icons like Tara Strong and, like, Greg Sipes. That's exactly what he sounds like. Like he's just this like kind of hippie surfer dude, uh, very and he easy was, going. I think the only thing I saw he did was Fast and Furious. He had like a bit part in, yeah. I guess, in Fast and Furious, and I didn't recognize anybody else's credit. So there was an episode of Teen Titans Go where they meet their actual voice actors. Oh wow, okay. And uh, like Scott Menville, who plays Robin, is just like, yeah, I don't always sound like that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a. Um... I, again, minus sidebar, but like whenever I, I've been to Dragon Con and I go to like the Venture Brothers panels, like everybody on the show is doing a voice except for clear James Urbaniak, but he doesn't realize it playing Doctor Venture. It's like everybody else on the on the cast like always like 
gives him shit on the panel because they make fun of him for not doing a voice. And he always tries to demonstrate. He's like, no, this is my Dr. Venture voice and this is my speaking voice. And it sounds exactly the same. <laughs> when you got it, you got it. Patrick Warburton. <laughs> yeah. He just does Patrick Warburton. Yeah. It's like a half an octave lower. Uh, but yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, like, again, I, I cannot stress enough how much, like, I was surprised that I enjoyed this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they pack it with jokes. I was yeah. looking at all, like, the posters in the back. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, yeah. there was, like, Batman v Superman, Yawn of Justice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jonah Rex was one of my personal favorites yeah. in the background. <laughs> I, you would think that in a time, like, this was before, like, Aquaman came out and made a billion dollars before Shazam turned out to be a hit. I was very surprised that DC was willing to put out a movie that was actively making fun of themselves mm-hmm. and their yeah. failure to really establish this tone. Although I did love how uh, in the beginning when Robin's super excited, he's thinking they've made a movie about him, mm-hmm. but it turns out to be about Alfred. Mm-hmm. Would have seen that movie 10 for 10. Well, DC has a show called Pennyworth yep. that is about Alfred before he became the butler. What? And when he was like, like a, a James Bond spy or something like that. Yeah, he's right? like a secret oh. agent. Oh, man. I was hoping it was like him working through butler school and it's like a Downton Abbey, but <laughs> no. the origin stories of Alfred. In recent years, they've tried to like make him that sort of Michael Caine, like perhaps he was like serving in some sort of like secret army and has yeah. like combat training. I just like him as being a, a tried and true butler yep. using his, his cleaning abilities to, to <laughs> save the world. I also loved the bit where Batman is chasing after the Teen Titans. I, I guess he starts in the Batmobile and then they like blow up the Batmobile and then he's on like a, a bat motorcycle <laughs> and then he's on a pedal scooter and then he's riding on Alfred's back. Yeah, that was... It's always something. Really, yeah, and th- like I think that throughout like... As you mentioned earlier, the uh, the way they use the animation to its fullest extent in this, like, not just in making impossible physical things happen, but um, just like in silly things, like the uh, the changing of like the animation style mm-hmm. to match like the Love Disney that. style during oh, the yeah. uh, during the Lion King dream. Oh, that was so <laughs> that was funny. excellent. That was truly superb. Super. That was that was a really. Really caught me off of guard. Off yeah. guard. My yeah. wife off guard, who's like a ginormous Disney fan. She did not expect them to do this like perfect, like Lion King. But I remember the Green Lanterns yeah. as like yeah. the gazelle, gazelle got all like six or seven Green Lanterns in there, and everyone's doing the same like turn around, yep. like yep. giraffe look. Oh. It was like, and, and like, even changing the lyrics of like songs to like the dumbest lyrics, like "Hey, check it out." Yeah. <laughs> Superheroes, <laughs> you're gonna want to see this. Yeah, it was great. It was really wonderful. I do. That, I have so many questions about the IP rights. Like, how <laughs> working in marketing? Yes, we do. Yeah. How the hell did they get all of that stuff? I mean, Sam Lee played himself, so that's clearly fine. And I guess oh, he's and not. Just one of the best owned. moments oh. is Stan Lee repeatedly coming back because he's like, "It's a superhero movie. I gotta make a cameo. I just My love cameos. I just got love cameo." And it's like neon lights behind him. All the references they make, it's like, you don't own that. How the hell did you get permission for that? <laughs> oh, it's it's WB. WB, like, they own, they when they did uh, Ready Player One, like, they, mm-hmm. you, I was surprised at how much they had the rights to. So they can make some... <coughs> Sorry. They can make some Back to the Future references mm-hmm. in there. They can, like... Maybe they do just actually own it. I, I have to, I just have to assume that Warner Brothers, because, again, like you said, Ready Player One, 
I just have to assume that uh, Warner Brothers just has like the legal dream team that can just like make this kind of stuff happen, Hell like yeah. make yeah. the deals, you know, figure it out. That's the only explanation. That's the only explanation I can come up with. Honestly, they probably own way more than they they admit for sure. sure. Yeah. Oh, they're going to be secret about it. Everyone's just about like, oh, Disney, like now they own Fox, so mm-hmm. they're going to become this big monopoly, monopoly yeah. where like WB is just like, yeah, cool, yeah, Disney. Yeah, oh Disney, man, that's so that bad. Out. Just buying all these little properties because yeah. unlike, well, I guess now Marvel owns a good chunk of all of their characters again. Mm-hmm. Um, now like they have Fox, so they're going to have like mm-hmm. Fantastic Four and X Men. Warner Brothers has always owned like all the DC characters yeah. uh-huh. and they certainly pack a lot of them into this movie. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, the animation style, I, I really like when an animated property uses those different styles and it was like the dream sequence, sequence the movie sequence, um, Robin's like fantasy sequence, like the way they use another great song. Oh, that that one was probably my number one song, honestly. Oh, the, the, my, the my movie song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I did love how they use that like Teen Titans silly like intro song at the beginning just to like prove what goofsters they were, and then circled it back to be like kind of a plot device the that wrapped moment, up the whole yeah. yeah epic battle at the end. That was genius. But I love when animation like plays with style like that and. Partially to just like, oh, cool, look at this like shift in kind of how you're supposed to understand what's happening, but also just in like, oh, cool, like, yeah, how would they have made a movie? I guess with felt and like little mm-hmm. button people what? and stuff, and yeah, it was cute. It was really well, I felt like they were really flexing everything they could do. Because they've had over 200 episodes of the show, so I think at this point, like, actually animating it is not going to be as difficult with like Into the Spider-Verse where you're making this proprietary software yeah. to kind of get this distinct look. They're just like, yeah, we could, it's just an extra long episode. We can make this for 10 million. Yeah. Which yeah. is probably why WB is just like, yeah, it's 10 million. Just like do whatever you want to do. Fine. You can have your movie. You can make a, a repeated poop joke where they've gone and used the same, <laughs> all used the same prop toilet. Oh my God. That's one of those jokes where it like goes on long enough where you're like, well, this isn't funny anymore. And then it just keeps going. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, okay, this it is hilarious. It gets back to me funny. That's like, you know, the, <laughs> when there's a joke like that, like the, it's an underutilized tool to like double down triple down, quadruple down on the same bad joke until <laughs> you have no choice but to laugh at it. Uh, yeah, that was, yeah, that was really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, I, I was really, I was really impressed with, like, just, like, not only how much better it was than I thought it was going to be, but just, like, how it just felt like an efficient, like, really, it wasn't just, like, let's just, throw as many gags at the wall and see what sticks. It all felt like a really, you know, tightly wound uh, uh, piece of storytelling. And, and, like, even though the story itself was a little bit inconsequential, it really was, like, kind of just, like, a vehicle for the jokes. It's like, all the jokes linked together in a way that was, like... Yeah. You don't really see in any kind of comedies that much, you know? Yeah. And it did have something, like, thoughtful to say. There was, there was at least one moment where I was like, okay, is this, like some kind of metaphor the whole thing about like they would have been here to save you but they were too busy making their own movies about how they're saving people and i was like that really feels like commentary but like what the hell could we be commenting on this isn't real definitely hover around the idea of just like oh okay are there too many superhero movies but they just kind of like lightly skirt around it it's not like this 
they're not trying to make these big profound points, but mm. it, they definitely like they had a purpose with this movie. It mm -hmm. wasn't just like, oh, I guess we can do a movie, so yeah. uh, I don't know. Like, let's they, they they very efficient, like you were saying. Yeah, I feel like this. I feel like the whole doomsday device thing, which if you haven't seen it, it's basically the idea is that this is a giant streaming platform that hijack. It's a little bit like the screen slaver from uh, Incredibles Two. Oh, yeah. Actually, it like hijacks every screen in the world and like basically forces people to watch some kind of mind control hypnosis thing. And um, it, and then it, just drops that commentary completely altogether. Hundred percent. Yeah. They build up this big point of like I I loved I loved it when I saw it. I loved Incredibles too. Mm -hmm. Big fan of the first Incredibles, but you know, I felt like he would. It's, you know, Brad Bird was trying to make a point almost. Mm -hmm. And then, like halfway through, he's just like, "I don't care anymore." <laughs> Disney was like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 no, no, like get away!" Yeah, Disney Plus is watching. coming out. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, I thought that it was it was you know was much like in the Incredibles too. I thought that it was like kind of an interesting thing, but like a little bit more streamlined because this was like a platform exclusively designed to show superhero movies I was like, oh, that that's will control people's minds. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so, like, in that sense, I thought it was kind of a, you know, a surprisingly intriguing idea for, like, a supervillain plot to, mm -hmm. like, act, to, like, go through with all that. Um, also, anytime, it's a rarely used gag in movies and TV shows, but, like, I always do appreciate the, uh, the use of the, uh, uh, oh, we're going to trick you into thinking you're doing a movie thing, but you're actually doing the real thing. Yeah, haha. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely had some thoughts about the whole, like... We built a fake vault for you to unlock, but it looks real because we have attention to detail. Yeah. Oh, the filmmaking process. Yeah. A little unrealistic. <laughs> One oh, person on a set with the actor. Just... Where they're filming, like, five movies at once. Yeah. And I like, like how... press record and go. In these movies, the superheroes are playing themselves. Yes. Mm -hmm. As if, like, with the, you know... Elton John, like Rocket Man movie yeah. coming out. If they decided, like, no, Elton John's gonna play himself. Mm -hmm. It's he's about gonna, Elton John. Who else would play? He's gonna have some young age makeup on there. It's gonna be great. <laughs> I did appreciate the superhero. This the Justice League only crafty table was really nice. Like yeah. they, <laughs> when they got up to some shenanigans. You guys want to get into some shenanigans? Let's go eat the Superman or the Spider Man crafty. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, all the filmmaking stuff. Also getting hit by light. I was like, oh, you guys are shut down. There's, there's no yeah. Way. This is, <laughs> this is, this is a, a union scene. investigation yeah. at best. <laughs> that just doesn't happen. <laughs> Our sets are very safe. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. Uh, uh, the, but again, like I feel like that's kind of a classic cartoon thing. Is like this is what the movie business looks like. Yeah. It's one okay. director, and they're running all the lights yeah. and the camera. Very, very Who Framed Roger Rabbit, where there's just yeah. a bunch of stuff going on. Yeah, yeah exactly, right. exactly, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're kind of coming up on time here. Any uh, closing thoughts as we uh, as we wrap up here? Um, Any favorite, ce favorite scenes or moments? I mean, we've kind of been talking about that, but anything that we haven't really covered that you just kind of wanted to throw in here? I just got to emphasize the music. Like, music is that's great. something they carried over from the show is they're always making these, like, hilarious, like, tongue-in-cheek songs. Mm -hmm. um, and just, yeah, if anyone listening to this has not seen Teen Titans Go to the Movies, it'll surprise you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that, like, this is the kind of thing that we normally have to say um, with a lot of movies is that for sure this is not a movie for everyone. Mm. But if you've listened this far and it sounds intriguing, I'm going to go out on a limb and say you're going to really enjoy this movie. 
I think if you like those like Lego movie, Batman Lego movie, mm-hmm. any of the Lego movies, but any of those, even this reminded me a little bit of like the SpongeBob movie, the original one. Sure. Obviously, the David Hasselhoff version. But just that very like stream of consciousness, we're gonna go all over the place for random reasons, like and it doesn't have that squeaky clean Disney feeling. Right. Which mm-hmm. no hate to that, but sometimes, you know. Yeah. You're not feeling that. That's, this is definitely more in line with those like Lego kind of movies. And if you like those, I think this is totally yeah right up your alley. I would say that this is definitely a movie where it's like, if you can appreciate humor that's slightly edgy for like an 11, 12-year-old audience, yeah. then you're going to be into this. <laughs> the like, fact that they end the movie with, ask your parents where your babies come from. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, oh, the credits chant at the end was one of my favorite <laughs> jokes. There, there actually were a group of kids, like, I think behind us. And when that joke came on, I'm just like, oh. <laughs> I'm going to follow I, these kids I, I, to I, the car. <laughs> yes, yes. But uh, not a creepy way. Yeah, obviously, no. In a super normal, just curious about what they're going to talk to their parents about. Just a grown-up. While wearing no a trench coat saying, Naturally. like, hey, is your mom going to tell you how babies are made? <laughs> Go on, ask her. As yeah. you do. Go on. Uh, <laughs> do you ever rewatch this movie, Nate? Um, yeah. I feel I, like animated movies, like, really lend themselves. But, like, when does this come back into your life? Um, Any time, like, if, if like, I'm ever on a flight, I will usually have that or, like, Lego Batman movie because it's, like, I know I can always come back to it and maybe pick up some new things. Like, it's the perfect, like, kind of antidote to Avengers Endgame, which is, like, a three-hour big epic thing. I'm just like, I know I could even just watch, like, 20 minutes of this <laughs> and get something from it and just watch it in chunks. I probably, since I've, I've uh, since I saw it in theaters, I've probably seen it about four times, which, compared to, like, other movies like 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 Bumblebee. I really loved Bumblebee when that came out. I've only seen that like one time. Or like right. Spider Verse, I've seen twice. Mm-hmm. So I, I I've definitely seen it more than I've seen other movies that like that came out in the last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. I, I nice. Yeah. I mean, I would say that you know if good writing definitely keeps, and I think that this is definitely one of those movies where it's like the writing is the best part by far. Like, yeah. including the writing of, like, the songs and stuff like that. But, like, just the way that everything just, like, comes together. It's, like, it's super light, but also surprisingly complex in its yeah. execution. And I think that that is just, like, a really engage Makes it a really engaging experience overall. Whether mm-hmm. you're interested in that kind of stuff consciously or just like one entertaining movie it's yeah. that early muppets kind of thing yes, the Muppet it, movie yeah where it's absolutely like, it, you know frank oz and jim henson never really explicitly stated like oh this is definitely for kids but they're mm-hmm. like let's make something that is just really smart that when you're a kid you're gonna pick up on some stuff mm-hmm. and when you're an adult you're gonna pick up on something entirely yeah. different mm-hmm. and i think that like this is a distinction that i don't draw nearly enough personally but like there's a big difference between like four kids and kid friendly yeah mm-hmm. and i think this definitely falls into the second category this is definitely kid friendly but not necessarily like only for kids yeah so yeah much like many <laughs> much like many but not all of the movies that we cover on this podcast for sure yeah. <laughs> About roughly 50%, maybe, <laughs> you would say. Uh, yeah, anything else you want to add? Anything that we did not say about your beloved movie? No, we, we covered just my favorite songs that were in there. Cool. And, uh, um, yeah. Were there only like three songs? Like, and they played one of them like six times. 
Yeah, I it think they were deep with songs, but no, just but just like a, a few like needle drops here and there, mm -hmm. like with the Back to the Future mm -hmm. and like the Huey Lewis. But I think there's just those like key original songs, the upbeat inspirational song will will get stuck in your head definitely. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Oh, I did have one question before I just re-reviewed re re my notes. Uh, do you think the baby hands thing is like them razzing the animator? Like they oh. razz Robin about having these baby hands. Like, do you think that's the other animators being like? That's a recurring joke from the show that they've been making so since funny. like season one. That when Robin takes off his gloves, because I think it like there was one animation thing where his hands were kind of small, and they later decided like, oh, let's just say Robin has baby hands, <laughs> and it's always weird when they take it off and they show those tiny little oh, baby hands. They're so it's not even that they're small, they're just like so the, stubby. The line but. he has in his song about having adult-sized hands yeah. was hilarious. He's like, Robin with baby hands. He's like, no, Robin's hands are big. <laughs> adult-sized hands. Yeah, I just gotta imagine, like I wonder if one of the animators like just didn't realize that they had maybe made them not super proportional. And then it They're turned just into like a endless yeah. shit for the next nine years. <laughs> the story years. writers were like, "LOL, now you <laughs> have to draw the hands. Draw the baby hands. I have draw baby the baby hands, hands Mike." Yeah. <laughs> I literally like when he was like, "Yeah, and I just have baby hands." I was like, "Baby hands." And he was like, "Baby hands." We came to the conclusion at the same time. Is all I'm saying. Fantastic. Uh, cool. Well, Nate, thank you so much for bringing this not yeah. only to our podcast, but just to our attention in general. Mm -hmm. um, and for I, highlighting the fact that Kyle has not seen Lego Batman. That's true, be yeah. It's Absolutely. The best uh, Batman movie. So good. I, I believe you. Um. <laughs> we might have to bring you back on just so you can defend that claim. I want to know. There's a fully thought out argument behind that. I can feel it, and yeah. I really want to know what it is. I, listen, I love the Christopher Nolan Batman movies, but it's basically just James Bond who wears like a Batman-esque costume, whereas mm -hmm. Lego Batman, it's more of like a Batman the character. Mm. Gotcha. Well, and then I, you know, I've said this many times over the course of this podcast, but one of the many reasons I love doing this podcast is because people bring movies to my attention that I otherwise would probably have literally never watched. So thank you for that. Thank you for expanding my horizons on on this one particular one as a microcosm of this larger experiment uh, <laughs> at large. Um, but yeah, I think that's going to just about do it for us on this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Kari, any final, uh, final thoughts? Uh, no. Go watch more animated movies, everyone. They're wonderful. Yes. There's so many talented people working on animated movies specifically. Totally. Yeah. I'm going to get you to do a Miyazaki movie. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, there's plenty I haven't seen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like it's a really under underappreciated genre these days. And especially like... No, no. That's my line, Kyle. <laughs> it is. I, I think it's true. It's like underappreciated by me included. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm Fair self, enough. Fair I'm self-aware <laughs> enough to realize that I underappreciate animated movies all the time yeah um but uh yeah this one definitely a thumbs up from me i think it's a thumbs up from kari as well um so yeah teen titans go to the movies as insane as it seems for me to be saying this i would highly recommend it um but yeah like i say that's going to pretty much do it for us on this week for k have you seen um until next week i'm kyle i'm kari and we'll see you next week see ya It's an inspirational song about life. I can do it all.